Oh. <laughs> We're rolling. We're rolling. It's the December Q&A episode, everybody. Welcome to <laughs> the Choose You Now Choose podcast. You now podcast. <laughs> We should I'm definitely start like this. We're gonna hi listeners. We're gonna start like this for sure. Uh, oh yeah, let's just keep. Let's just go. Uh huh. Okay, I will say let's go. But first, I have to say welcome <laughs> to the Choose You Now podcast and this special edition of the December Q and A. And I am joined by my fantastic, handsome, fabulous producers, producer Sanford and producer Adam. Hello. Hello. Hey, how you doing? I'm great. How are you guys? I'm good. How are you? I'm knee deep in a book, but we're going to talk about that at some point. Oh, yeah. Good. Yay. Yeah, it's future right news, here. listeners. Future news. Future news. Yeah. Future news. Day two. Um, let's, get, let's get to this Q&A. This is a good month. Great questions from our esteemed listeners. Here we go. So as always, you guys, I'm going to butcher your names. I apologize to all of you in, in advance. The first question is from our Instagram page, Ryan then but. Ryan, I'm really sorry, dude, if I if I screwed up your name. Ryan wants to know about some good at-home bodyweight workout routines for apartment living. I live in New York City. So this this question uh, perked up my ears as well. Juliana, what do you think? Yes, it perked up my ears as well because I lived in an apartment for a good four years and I love to get creative here. And this is what I used to do with my clients. I used to do in-home personal training for, I don't know, 12 years. And I would go into people's little spaces, big spaces, every kind of space and use everything around us, steps, children as weights, um, whatever we could find, (laughs) plates, you name it. And so I love this question. Thank you, Ryan. I also started doing some more fitness on my social media because I was actually requested to bring in some of that fitness personal training background. I've been having fun doing exactly this. So what's so cool is really if you just get a little space, a little carpet, a little, I like a yoga mat, you only need a yoga mat size space. And body weight training, you could do so many things. So of course there's the basics, push-ups, squats, tricep dips, calf raises, lunges, and you know, planks, all of these wonderful things. And then if you add in some tubing, you could do every single part of your body uh, with one single tube. I used to carry like three different tubes, like different resistances. And there's so many things you could do. Every single muscle part, you know, I always prefer compound exercises so that you're you're getting everything moving at once. So if we're doing like a bicep curl, we're also doing a squat. Or if we're doing a plank, we're bringing in our, our legs into the equation. So there's no limit to how, you know, extensive or simple you can get with this. And if you need some guidance, so when I was doing this way back before Google and YouTube was what it is now, it was like you had to get extra creative. But now there are apps, there is YouTube, and there is everything you could ever want to do available at your phone. So you can do yoga, you could do Pilates, you could do dance. Oh, by the way, that's one of my favorite ways to get some cardio is just dance with music. That's really fun. Um, just throwing that out there. But there's so many different options. Find what you love, but you don't need much space. You could do it all in a little yoga mat spot and get a full body workout. You know, you could do knee knee ups and jumping jacks and, you know, high intensity things, or you could just do lower intensity and do some plies and squats and lunges and, but throw it together so that you're getting your heart rate up, you're keeping it up and you're trying to hit as many muscle groups as you can so that you can get a nice comprehensive workout as often as you like. It's really, really, really open and flexible. Can I add my two cents in here? Cause I do not pretend to be 
a trainer. I do not have the knowledge you have, but I do have experience. And the one thing as someone who lives in an apartment, um, resistance bands are the best because they can, you can take them with you anywhere you want. Um, they can attach to almost anything safely and you don't need a lot of room for them. What do you think about that? hundred percent. I use them all the time. Like I said, oh, when cool. I'm a trainer and also I, I travel with them. Like when I'm traveling and I don't know if I'll have access to a gym, I throw them in my suitcase because they're very portable. So two resistance tubings are fabulous. And they also make a great slingshot for people you don't like. <laughs> oh, that's happened accidentally. Yes. Yeah. That's <laughs> dangerous. That's great. Well, this is sort of the work. Oh, good. Sorry. No, I'm sorry. I, I'm, go for it. No, go for it. I'd say that I began to do this as well. I live in an apartment too. And in 2020 specifically, I had to figure out ways to make it happen in the house. So cosign on the YouTube. I mean, how many freaking videos are going to pop up if you type in 15 minute? In my case, it was flexibility. I wanted to start there because I see my wife do this yoga and Pilates. And I know it's a real workout, even though it's hard for me to like get my dumb male brain there. Tom Merrick, any people out there looking to get more flexible? There's this huge ripped guy on YouTube who's super flexible. Called Tom Merrick, look him up. And we have our wonderful Joey, Joey Thurman. Oh, Joey Thurman, obviously, as well. Yeah. yeah. Love him. If he were here, he would have slapped me silly for not saying his name. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and flexibility is really important for all sorts of things. It just opens up your body. It's really helpful for like anti aging and just to feel good because so many of us are on, you know, Zoom culture where we're spending all of our time sitting in front of a computer. And stretching is a really good counter to that to keep your body flexible and, and everything flowing and circulating well. And why is that? Because movement is medicine. Yes. Thank you very much. Thank you. I'm here all week. So this is this is sort of the workout section uh, of the December Q&A because our next question comes from CavMom918. She's, she's written questions before. She always has really great questions. And she wants to know, Juliana, do you track workouts? Are you an I have to close my rings type of girl? I love this question. Oh, CavMom918, you have my heart. I am so <laughs> obsessed with the closing of the rings. Like I have been known to be pacing around my apartment or house just, you know, at midnight or like 11.55 to finish my steps for the day or whatever. It is such a great motivator and I can't recommend it enough. I think everything is about accountability and it's a great way to have accountability right there on your wrist. If you don't have, you know, a friend or a workout buddy or a trainer or a dietitian that's like nagging you, it's so nice to have that. I'm also big into tracking everything. Like I have all my clients do a food and exercise journal. I have all my, um, I always recommend tracking things. So because that is a source of accountability. And I think if you don't have anything or anyone to be accountable to, it's very easy to slip and slide back to saying, ah, forget it. I have a perfect example. The other night, you know, I'm getting ready for a photo shoot. It's a fitnessy photo shoot. And my friend is this brilliant visionary, like visionary when it comes to fitness. And so I reached out stupidly and I said, oh, I think I need some help. And he's like on it. So he was, it was like, he'd already trained me on FaceTime. And then at five o'clock that night, he's like, go to the gym. You got to get your cardio in. You got to get your, so Kapel got me to the gym twice in one day because of the accountability. There's no way I would have done that on my own. So there's a million things to be said about accountability. I really think it's everything. And that is why I like having my watch on and uh, any kind of tracker is a really, really good thing. I love, I love seeing the rings because I just feel accomplished. Like I, and I love the way, and I also, but at the same time too, and Julianne, I hope you, I think you'll like what I'm going to say. I don't want you to kill me for this. I also really enjoy seeing the five rings in a row 
And then seeing one day that maybe the ring isn't full because I'm also giving myself that day of rest. I just, I really, and I like seeing it all in one place. Like I love it. I really do love the rings. So motivating. My favorite thing, like I literally stop whatever I'm doing when I get the three rings are finished at the end of the day and it's that sparkly. I mean, it's so psychological. They, they're brilliant at how they've made this so in your brain. And so it's so motivating. It is. I th- Adam, are you motivated by the rings? You fancy people in your watches. I don't have a ring closer like that. I do have a Fitbit, I will say, that will buzz me at 10,000 steps. Now, you go and do a strength workout, you're not going to get 10,000 steps. It's not going to show up as that. Your heart rate will operate in a certain way. So I am motivated by it, but it's not everything just because it's not always about what gets the rings closed for me. I always feel like... Always knows how to bring us down to earth, Joanna, doesn't he? <laughs> That's right. That's right. What were you going to say, Joanne? I'm sorry. I always feel like if I, you know, don't have my rings and I don't see my rings, if I don't have my watch on, I feel like it doesn't count. So even like before I get out of bed, I put my watch on so I don't miss the steps of getting out of bed and walking to get dressed. <laughs> oh dear, because you know you will you will always regret not exercising, but you will never regret exercising. Did I say correctly? I'm not sure you I did. did. You did. I think you say, I think you say it more gallantly than I do. Here's our, here's another exercise uh, question. And this is going to close out the exercise portion of today's Q and A from Maggie Eric Two. at what level will exercise kick up my appetite? My goal is to stick to a weight loss diet. I love this question too. I, I'm so disresonant with the rest of the world because of what I've experienced. And I've learned major lessons about this. Exercise disrupts the weight loss process. So now there's a million reasons to exercise for cardiovascular health, for bone health, for most everything, a million reasons. However, and it's great for body, uh, for weight loss maintenance, but for the weight loss process, it always seems to interfere almost always. And it slows down my client's progress by half. I've noticed it has their rate of loss. And I track that very carefully with my clients. Like I track exactly how much they're losing on a daily basis from the day we start until we get to the goal and then we go into maintenance mode. And so I've noticed every time someone adds an exercise, I just had a client right now where we're talking about this, it will kick up appetite. But not only that, even if I've had clients that have controlled for calorie and volume and measurements, and even then they see a slow, we see a slow in the rate loss, the rate of weight loss. And I think Perhaps my hypothesis is that this is based on fluid shifts. I can't really explain it because it doesn't make sense scientifically. It's just something anecdotally that I've experienced myself and watched with a lot of my clients. So, you know, monitor it. And if you're trying to lose weight, you could also just, I have my clients pick a period of time, get it done, focus on the weight loss, relax so it makes it easier, sit, binge watch TV, read books, everything you've ever wanted to do, and stop the exercise temporarily. And then we bring back exercise intentionally, conscientiously, meticulously, so that you step into maintenance mode and never have to lose weight again. So I really do separate weight loss from exercise for various, very fascinating reasons. Interesting. Very good. Okay. Next question. Our next question is from Shoshana Castle on our Facebook page. Shoshana writes that I'm hundred percent plant-based. However, I enjoy carbs that are high in fiber. I would love to learn more about combining food that complements each other and is synergistic for the body rather than my body working hard to achieve energy and absorb maximum nutrients. Juliana, what do you think about that? Well, first Shoshana, you said the C word. She said carbs. She did. And 
Yeah. I will forgive you for that and love you anyway. However, we, we are we are an open podcast. We welcome everyone, even people who use the C word. Correct. So on that note, um, first of all, I would say it's fabulous that you enjoy foods that are high in fiber. Fiber is one of the two most important nutrients to the body, fiber and phytonutrients, the things that reduce your risk for chronic disease, the things that enhance satiety so that you feel satiated when you eat food so you don't overeat. Fiber is everything for your gut microbiome, which we talk a lot about on the show, and feeding your microbiome a healthy diet. And fiber is what fuels your immune system and helps reduce your risk for chronic disease. So that's one part. I, I'm very pro fiber. In fact, you can't eat a whole food plant based diet without the fiber because that's part of what defines a whole food plant based diet is that it does have the intact fiber. So I think that's fabulous. But I'm going to shift what you're asking because you're asking about synergy and I love that question because it is really cool what happens with food. Like if you take a, let's say vitamin C out of a tomato, isolate it, make it into a, or a a lemon and you stick it into a pill, you've isolated and concentrated it and it does not have the same effect in the body as when you ate it from the lemon or the tomato itself. That is what is beautiful about a whole food plant-based diet, this incredible synergy, one plus one equals three. And I talk a lot about this in the vegetarian diet. I kind of did a deep dive into this, but it's beautiful because things like the vitamin C in the tomatoes, when you're eating that together with beans in a chili, for example, or in a burrito, if you're having salsa with some, you know, refried beans or whatever, those, that vitamin C is going to help the absorption of the iron and other nutrients in the beans. So there's a synergistic effect that comes into play when you're eating these whole intact foods, which is why when we try to put them in a supplement form, the results are always very disappointing. And I talk about that, like the carrot study where we gave smokers vitamin A supplements and they had to stop the study early because the ones that were on the vitamin A supplements were dying earlier. Like they had a higher mortality because it's there's something to be said for isolating and concentrating. It's not the same as when you're getting it in its whole food counterpoint, like the actual intact food. But there's other beautiful things like when you're consuming a fat, like a nut and seed together with other foods. So like I always make these nut and seed based dressings and the nuts and seeds, the fat in there will help absorb the fat soluble nutrients, the vitamins A, D, E, and K, and some of the phytonutrients like carotenoids that require fat for absorption. So I would suggest going back to the six daily threes, making sure you're prioritizing foods like the leafy green cruciferous vegetables, the other colored vegetables, fruits, legumes nuts and seeds and mushrooms. And by definition, you will have this synergy. You're prioritizing uh, your nutrition by prioritizing those foods. And you don't have to think so much about anything. We don't need to combine foods in a specific way. It kind of happens naturally and falls into place when you eat a whole food plant-based diet and specifically when you prioritize those six daily threes. Love that. We love that list, Adam. We love that food list. Yeah, I was thrown off a little bit there because I was like, that wasn't the typical order, but I get what you were saying. I love it. Our next question is from Instagram, Adria Traficante. Adria, I apologize if I I did not pronounce your name right. Um, Adria has two really, really interesting questions. The first question is nutrition and psoriasis. Is there a connection? And the other question, which I actually really, really love is how can I learn what feeling satiated feels like? I love those two questions. So why don't we talk about nutrition and psoriasis first? Yes, thank you, Adria, for these important questions. 
Psoriasis is a chronic cutaneous inflammatory condition. It's basically an immune-mediated disease that's associated with many comorbidities, such as obesity, metabolic syndrome, cardiovascular disease. So I don't know if any of those apply to you specifically, but as with most chronic conditions, including all of these comorbidities and including autoimmune conditions, these are based on an inflammatory response. Inflammation is usually at the heart of what causes the disease process. So we could really simplify things down to that. And I think this is why you always hear on this podcast, we've interviewed so many healthcare professionals and researchers on the show uh, who all come back to, this is a one-size-fits-all diet, eating a whole food plant-based diet, helps with all of these conditions. And that is because it is the most anti-inflammatory way to eat. But specifically to psoriasis, there is some evidence that low-calorie diets may help. I've seen evidence on gluten-free diets. I see evidence on, you know, actually a whole food plant-based diet instigating disease remission and medication discontinuation. Ultimately, a whole food plant-based diet can only help. It can never hurt, that's for sure. It could only help because you're taking in this onslaught of anti-inflammatory properties that are going to help, you know, quell the problem, if not actually reverse it. So always that's, you know, the, 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 the answer is always eat whole food plant-based as much as possible, you know, stay at a healthy weight as much as possible, move more, all the stuff we always talk about here, it, it always comes into play, especially with these inflammatory conditions. I could also add anecdotally that I have seen extraordinary benefits with my clients with psoriasis and getting better and healing. So it's, it's, it's really hopeful to focus on just eating a very, very colorful, eat the rainbow every day, focus on vegetables, fruits, whole grains, legumes, mushrooms, nuts, seeds, herbs, and spices, and infinite tasty combinations. I had to say that, of course. And um, and then the reason I would say that the gluten-free diets probably help is because, oh, you're cutting out flour and processed food. So always coming back to the whole and always coming back to the intact rainbow-like plant-based foods. And what about what about how can Adria learn what feeling satiated feels like? Okay, Adria, this is what I do with my clients. So this I've described, I've described this in the Choose You Now diet, hunger and satiety. It's what I want everyone to go back to. It is what we've mostly, all of us have been socialized to go against. Eat because it's time, it's breakfast time, or because I have a break now, or because everyone's eating. Every other reason other than eating for hunger and stopping when you feel just satiated. So if you're like me and you don't have that off switch to know, oh, I've eaten enough, like, you know, this is my biggest challenge always, it's so like my sister came over yesterday and she's like, do you have any chocolate? I'm like, okay. So I whipped out the chocolate. I had some chocolate macadamia nuts that I got from Hawaii. And, um, and I, I had, a sh- I tried them cause I hadn't tried them. And, and I was like, and she just stopped. She had like a couple. I'm like, how did you just stop? Like I wanted to eat the whole bag. She was able to just stop. She's like, oh, cause I have it all the time and I don't usually have chocolate. So I don't have an off switch either. Um, I train my clients. <laughs> I train myself to use external sources. And so I'm going to, I dive into this in the book. I'm doing this in my support group that I'm starting in January. I'm going to do a weight loss class um, for four weeks and we're going to talk about satiety, but suffice to say here, generally speaking, it's practice, 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 because everything about food is habit. So it's learning like to take a few bites put it down, chew really well, step aside from the food and say, can I be done now? It's kind of like those kind of exercises and getting used to feeling what that means. What does it mean to feel just satisfied and not push past the point of comfort? It's a practice that takes practice, 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 and then more practice. And ultimately we hope to you know, make these into new habits, which take again, lots of time 
and um, exposure. So it's not a simple answer, but it's it's something that can definitely be accomplished. Which is good for somebody else with an off switch, which is me. Uh, which is really good for somebody else with an off switch, without an off switch, which is me. Three no off switches. Let me tell you, it's it is tough when you know when you when you have seriously when you have a pint of ice cream and you know you and you really are just quite satisfied with just skimming the top and you know that's enough, but you keep going and it's really really it it, it like it's it's almost like hurtful to yourself like you know what I mean and it's it's tough it's I think that's I honestly think that is the toughest thing about uh, about I want to say eating well but I don't think that's the right that's, because I do I do believe that you can eat well but you can still enjoy the things you want to enjoy right but it's all about how much you how much you eat right and so if I if I want some ice cream cuz I love ice cream I should be able to have it but I should be able to tell myself okay have a couple of spoonfuls and you're good let me stop you because that's Ooh, really okay. the most important point of all of this. And here's what we've talked about this before, that it, this is what gets overlooked. We all think we're broken because we can't stop. Ap- I couldn't stop after two macadamia nuts. I had, I don't know, a handful and I had to throw them into the cupboard and walk away. And like, I, it was really hard for me. Why? That's way harder to stop because it's a hyper palatable food. Ice cream is a hyper palatable food. Sugar, fat, salt, flour. These are ingredients, right? These are processed ingredients that light up our brain and it feels good. And it releases this big surge of dopamine and it feels good. So why would we stop if it feels good? Our body is saying, yes, take as much of that in as possible so that we could survive when there's times of scarcity. However, now there are no times of scarcity. We live in times of abundance where there are temptations, all the time. So we're not broken. The three of us here, we're not broken. We just are biological human beings living in a world full of deliciousness and eating the whole foods and sticking to a healthy diet makes it easier to control those those mechanisms But because it, it doesn't light up the dopamine as much. So fooling your brain with eating a high, you know, starchy diet or whatever that's going to boost the serotonin release, all of those things help. But when it comes to these foods, it is really difficult for us to stop. That is not us. It is the food. And that's what they want, right? They want us to eat the entire pint of ice cream so we go out and buy another pint. It's fascinating. I've only learned all of this stuff, honestly, because of you. So amazing. Okay. I've learned it. I've learned it in part there. Also, listeners, if you don't believe it's all natural, go to YouTube. Look <laughs> at any baby eating a spoonful of mashed peas and look at their reaction. And then go to a YouTube video that says baby gets first ice cream. And look at them eyes. The baby basically explodes. That's the hormone or chemical reaction in their brain yeah, telling them, incredible. I need this forever. Incredible. True. True. I love these. I love these sort of the conversations we have after our listeners' questions. I find them really, really interesting. I hope our listeners do too. Anyway. Um, okay. Here's our next question from Instagram. Mel Craig 30 uh, wants to know, they keep saying that I can't get B12 from plants but my B12 levels are perfect. So where do I get it from? Great question. Quite the conundrum. And what I always say is that vitamin B12 is the most finicky nutrient with an attitude problem. And it really is because you know, what's so weird, there's so many weird things about it. Where could I begin? I, I mean, I've written papers about how weird B12 is and how finicky it is. And so what is so cool about 
or why you're seeing it in your blood serum as quote unquote perfect, like you've got optimal levels, is because once you take it, it will actually stay in your bloodstream up to five years. I've even seen reports of up to 10 years where it stays in your system. However, unless you're taking it in from fortified foods in abundance, which I don't recommend, or you're supplementing with it, then you're not getting any new B12 coming in. So eventually you will tap out, you will run out, Unfortunately, you will not know likely until it's too late because there's this lag time that takes place. And what I see is it doesn't show up until, unfortunately, it could be these potentially irreversible neurological conditions. So I've seen this happen. I had one client, I will, because I'm always so adamant about begging my clients to make sure they're getting their B12. I'm very concerned about it because not only do vegans need B12, but anyone over the age of 50, 50, 5 I mean, that's, crazy. Even if you're eating meat galore, you're on the keto carnivore, whatever diet, which I hope you're not. And if you're listening here, you probably aren't. But even those people after the age of 50 need to supplement with B12, according to the Institute of Medicine. So very interesting nutrient. You're not necessarily getting it coming in, but it's still in your bloodstream. So I have my clients check their methylmalonic acid. That's more of an accurate predictor of your status. Anytime you supplement, you're going to see high levels in your blood. We see that with my clients that are supplementing, they have high levels. Um, but it's okay because you can't get too much B12. It's a water-soluble nutrient. The excess will be excreted, but it's so important to be mindful of taking in a reliable source of B12 on a vegan diet or as anyone over the age of 50. So I have this on my website. If you go to plantbaseddietitian.com and, and search for B12, I have all the specific recommendations, but everyone that fits that category needs to take either uh, 50 micrograms twice a day, 150 micrograms once a day, or 2,500 micrograms once a week, just to be sure you don't end up uh, deficient in this really important nutrient. And what do you think of B12 shots? Yeah, you know, if you have access to shots, they're great. Some people feel like it gives them energy, blah, blah, blah. You know, I've tried it before just to, to find that out. And I, I'm not sure if that's true. That's more anecdote. But yeah, you could get a shot once a month and boom, you're done, which is a, a nice way to do it as well. If you, if you have access, a lot of people don't. Very good. Um, next question from Instagram, Cornwall Betty Ann. Cornwall Betty Ann, number one, I know I pronounced your name right. Number two, I love your name. Um, <laughs> um, I thought you would love this question because you love to cook so much. Um, what are some sauces for potatoes and veggies? She's trying to get more without butter or oil. What do you think? Well, good question because like you said, Sanford, I do love this. It is all about the sauce, right? I want everyone to eat more veggies. If I had one piece of advice for the whole world and then we could drop the mic and be done with the podcast forever, which I hope never happens, would be just eat more veggies. Now, how do you get people to eat more veggies if they look like the babies, Adam, that you saw on YouTube that looked like they wanted to throw out the veggies? How do you get them to eat more veggies? It's all about the sauce or dressing. And so I love sauces and dressings. I love doing blended ones. I also love doing whisked ones or just simple ones out of a jar. So when I'm doing a blended one, which I, by the way, have on, you know, in all of my books, I have tons of them on my website. I put them on my social media all the time because this is so important. But the blended ones, I'll usually use like a cashews or hemp seeds as the base. Sometimes I do tahini or I'll do almonds or I'll do peanut butter, or almond butter. 
And then I'll add an acid component like a lemon or lime or a vinegar. Then I'll use like coconut aminos or miso paste as the salt. And then I'll use like maple syrup or dates or ketchup or something for the sweetener. And then spices or herbs. I'll use roasted bell peppers sometimes or cucumbers for the liquid. There's so many varieties. And again, I've published hundreds of these at this point, which um, you can peruse on my books and website. But um, suffice it to say, there are no limits to how creative you can get with the delicious blended uh, sauce or dressing. Now, if you're turning it into a sauce and cooking it, you might want to add some starch, like some arrowroot or cornstarch just to thicken it. So it'll make your, your recipe a little thicker and the sauce a little thicker. And that's the differentiation between that and a, a dressing. Now, if I'm rushing, which happens, I'm happy. Or if I'm at a restaurant, I'll use lemon juice or lime juice. Or I'll use a vinegar. I love balsamic vinegar. I love balsamic glaze. There are a wall of, of vinegar options now, flavor vinegars. I'm really into this jalapeno lime vinegar, balsamic vinegar I have in my cabinet now. I'll sometimes just sprinkle on some nooch. I'll, you know, you could, there's so many great options. Salsa is a great dressing. Hummus should be a food group is a hummus is a dressing. It's also a great option too. So, you know, have fun you know, whatever you like, but um, it is all about the sauce. So experiment. I highly recommend experimenting and finding your faves. Love, love that. Uh, our last question for this December Q&A, um, M. Burr, 789 uh, from Instagram wants to know, what is your favorite holiday food or treat? I know I'm so boring. In fact, my sister, we did a little, our little uh, book signing and my sister was here and she's like, you don't understand. She's so boring. Like I really don't. I mean, I did have chocolate macadamia nuts last night, but I probably won't do that again for, I don't know, 10 more years. I am, st I'm still obsessed with my chocolate chip pumpkin muffins, which you guys could find on my website, chocolate chip. And I make them for everyone that comes over. My friends come over just to get my chocolate chip pumpkin muffins. So that's my favorite go-to hall. I always bring them to holiday events. We, we already, you know, I've, I've already been going to holiday events already this season. It's, uh, and I always go back to the chocolate chip pumpkin muffins. What about you guys? What are your favorites? Can you, can you send me some chocolate chip pumpkin muffins? It won't be good by the time it gets to you, but you could come visit me anytime, anytime. <laughs> of year. My, my favorite treat is decidedly unhealthy. It is not just for the holiday. It is for all year. I love vanilla cake with chocolate icing. That is just my favorite thing to eat. I don't have it often, so it's still a treat for me. But damn it, that's what I love to eat. That's my favorite dessert. Adam, what's yours? It's called a Buckeye. You ever heard of this? No. All right. So it is basically a ball of peanut butter that is dipped in chocolate sauce. Oh, oh my lord! That's yeah. Oh, well, I mean, it's it's just amazing. decadent, and uh, my mother in law makes them around the Christmas season, but they are such a pain in the ass to make. She makes them with love for me because she knows that I love them, and uh, my father in law also loves them, so it gives her a good excuse to get him something nice for the holidays all season long. Um, no, not healthy. Is it technically plant-based? I guess it um, is. There's nothing wrong with peanut butter. You just, a little bit of peanut butter and a little bit of like dark chocolate, totally fine. That would be a great I wish it. I, I wish it were just that. Oh. <laughs> what two else? words. Two it, words. You know. Nom, nom. That's hey. all I have to say. Yeah. What else is involved? I have to know. Oh, I don't even know. I'm pretty sure it's just like sugar, vanilla, peanut butter, butter. Actually, there's butter in it. That's not plant-based. Yeah. Well, even a vegan butter wouldn't be a health food, but you can make, I can make, I think we should have a get together, all of us. Finally, we've never all been together in the same room. I'll make the chocolate chip pumpkin muffins and I'll make a healthy version of that. And we could compare notes. Of course, you'll like that one better. <laughs> the other one, <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> well, don't sell yourself short. <laughs>
You know, I, don't I know. love that idea, and I think we should look into that for 2022. Those were, as always, just great questions. Thank you, listeners. You know, from us to you, happy holidays, everybody. Yes, thank you all so much for your wonderful questions. Happy, healthy holidays. And if you are inspired and enjoy the Choose You Now podcast, become a member of our Patreon page, patreon.com slash choose you now. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash choose you now to have access to exclusive content. Please subscribe to the show, rate and review us on iTunes, and send us an email with questions and comments at chooseyounowpodcast at gmail.com. For nutrition services and more information, visit me at plantbaseddietitian.com. And I have to say to you, producer Sanford and you, producer Adam, this has been an extraordinary year with you guys. I love you both so much. Happy, healthy holidays and happy, healthy new year. Thank you for this endeavor that we are doing together. I love you both so much and I invite you all in our audience to choose yourselves now. And I'm signing off with lots of leafy green love. We love you too. 